welcome, brothers and sisters, to our very first podcast from St. Jude's Parish. We're going to call it the St. Jude Parish Chatter. And this is an opportunity for me to visit with you about what's going on in the parish, but I've asked my very good friend and colleague here at St. Jude Parish, Tyler, to help us. Tyler, can you introduce yourself? Hi, thanks, Father. My name is Tyler Everly. For those who I haven't had a chance to meet yet, I'm the, the Director of Youth Ministry here at St. Jude. I started back in November, and you also see my name at the bottom of many of your uh, flock note emails, so uh, that's me sending those to you. Um, it's great to be here. Uh, I'm excited for the opportunity to just be able to talk about our faith, to get to know you more, get to know the parish more, and uh, just grow in holiness. This has been an opportunity that I've wanted to implement for some time to be able to communicate the gospel and what's happening within the parish in a form other than the bulletin. I find people skim through the bulletin, but with a podcast, they can listen to it on their phone, whether they're on their way to work or in other opportunities during the day. And so it's another opportunity for me to be able to make contact with our parishioners. So thank you, Tyler, for helping me to put this together. Absolutely. Um, so as we get going, uh, we, you know, every podcast has some sort of sponsor or something going on. So uh our sponsors, we're not, we're not looking for people to, to give us money to do this, but we, we have things happening at the parish. And so our sponsor we're going to start talking about now, for the, probably quite often over the next couple of months, is, is our upcoming parish picnic. When is that happening, Father? So the parish picnic will be on September the 11th. It's a Sunday, and it happens after the 11 o'clock Mass, and I hope that all of you can make arrangements to come and be with us. The Mass will be inside of the church, but afterwards we go over to the grassy area there next to the church in order to participate in a picnic. So that's what we're calling our sponsor for this week, and that just means something special that we want to highlight here at St. Jude Parish. Great, wonderful. If we'd started this last week, we would have talked about the Vacation Bible School, and I just was over there, and... Everything seems to be going great with them this week. I can't miss this opportunity to tell people about Vacation Bible School today because we all know that Jesus is the light of the world. But today, Tyler became the light bulb of the world. Can you tell them what I mean when you became the light bulb of the world? Uh, I had the opportunity to play Jesus with all our, of our kids at VBS and, and, and come in. And the, the light bulb didn't work anymore. And, and, and the the light... Uh, oh, jeez. What's the... I can't think of words right off the top of my head. But uh, the uh, the... The lamp stand. The lamp. The lamp. Yeah, I can't, couldn't even think of a lamp. But, uh, so the, it wouldn't light up, but I came in there and I took the light bulb out and I was able to make it light up just with my hand because I was playing Jesus. So um, Now's the time to reveal the secret. How did you do that? How did you yeah. make the light bulb look like it was lighting up just because you touched it with your hand? It wasn't because I just prayed really hard. Uh, <laughs> there, was a, there was a wet wipe behind there. I got my hand wet and so the moment I touched the bottom of the light bulb, it, it lit right up. Um, took me a few tries as, I, as we practiced it beforehand, but thankfully it worked while the kids were there. So tell us the secret. It's an LED light, right? Right. And there's a capacitor inside of the LED light, so it will light up even if it's not connected to a light source, right? It takes, takes our, our electricity through that. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So it's a sign that we have power within us and the power of Christ is within us. And every once in a while, you can actually see that light, the light of Christ light up within the world. Great. Um, well, as, as, as Father's new here to the parish, and I'm, I'm fairly new as well, we thought, you know, as we do this, as, as we go on this, this, this journey on this podcast, it's an opportunity for, a, for you to get to know Father a little bit more, get to know me, and it's also an opportunity for us to get to know you. In the uh, weekly flock notes I've been sending out on Saturdays for the past oh, couple months now, I put at the very end of the flock note, for those who pay attention and read all the way to the bottom, a kind of, you made it this far. And I put different questions of, you know, what is your favorite ice cream? What's your favorite type of French fry? Um, what's your, this last week I put one that was, you know, what's your favorite TV show to watch? 
Um, and so I figured we'd, we'd go back over some of those. I talk about some of the results we've had to the parish. We'll learn what father's favorite things are or things that he thinks are the best. And, uh, well, just an opportunity for us to, to come to get to know each other better. So way back in May, uh, I think it was the sixth Sunday of Easter, or um, I put the question out, you know, what are people's favorite types of ice cream flavors? And that, I gave a few choices. There was vanilla, chocolate, strawberry, mint chocolate chip, chocolate chip cookie dough, coffee, butter pecan, and then there was an other. Um, so many flavors. Do you have any guesses what was the most favorite flavor out of the 48 parishioners that responded? Usually the the top one would be the most common one, something that everybody would get access to. So I'm going to guess vanilla was the number one. See, that was going to be my guess as well. But it was an overwhelming favorite with butter pecan, 19 really? votes. Um, it's I was one shocked. family is doing all the voting. <laughs> exactly. That's what I think. It's one family that loves butter pecan <laughs> because I think it should have been vanilla. Vanilla tied for second with mint chocolate chip, really? uh, which made my wife very happy. That's her favorite. Um, my favorite is chocolate chip cookie dough. It was much mm. further down. And, and I understand. Sometimes you get a chocolate chip cookie dough. It's not as good. There's not, not enough uh, cookie mm. dough pieces in there. Uh, mm-hmm. So, But, Father, what is your favorite? So if I had to take the poll, I would have put a check mark next to vanilla just because I really do like vanilla and simple ice creams. And um, I, one of the realities of my person is that I, I can't take monosodium glutamate. It's a little chemical that they sometimes put in as a sweetener, as a flavor. And vanilla hardly ever has any MSG in it. So I usually gravitate towards vanilla. But when I want to be extravagant, pralines and cream oh, is what I go to, which is not on the list. So I would have checked other, in, other. in some situations. But in, uh, to take this poll, I would have just taken vanilla and ran with whatever I could get. Mm, great. You know, it's it's great. We can talk about these things. We can know each other. Um, we can have a sponsor. Talk about things happening in the parish. But, but we're here for something something more. We're, we're this life is, is is for something more. And so we want to we want to be able to enter into to our own our, our faith into the gospel and into this weekend's readings even. Uh, so, uh, Father, I'm going to turn it over to you to. Uh, is it okay if we share the gospel absolutely. first and yeah. just to share what is going to be going on when you come to Sunday Mass? So. It's Martha and Mary, so please allow me to share the gospel with you. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Now as they went on their way, he entered the village, and a woman named Martha received him into their home. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone to serve? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion. May it not be taken away from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. So, Tyler, first off, we notice Jesus has gone to visit Martha and Mary. And in John's gospel, he visits many times. So it's obvious that our Lord had this special place to be with them. But I want to point out to Tyler and to the the listeners that this was uncommon. For a man to go to a woman's home and to be alone with a woman was was against the the law in the in the uh, in our Lord's time, and so he was going outside of the law, which of course would again make the scribes and Pharisees all upset with him. But he was uh, spending this time with them, and on top of that, 
Mary sat at his feet and listened to him. And this is a discipleship pose. This is what the disciples would do. But she was a woman. And so a rabbi would not have disciples that were women. He would normally only have men that were disciples. So our Lord is reaching out uh, outside of the norms of social construct in order to bring something new, and it's the, the position of women. And so we should uh, consider our Blessed Mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and her role that has been given to all of creation. It's this exalted role, and God is getting us ready for that great exaltation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So I just want to point that out first, that there's something outside of the of the constructs that are there. First, I, I should as well point out that there are different identities for Mary. Who is this Mary? And sometimes people want to say it's Mary Magdalene, and it's it's the same Mary. It's what is clear is that this Mary is different from the Blessed Virgin Mary, as she didn't have any any uh, blood sisters or any sisters on on that level. And um, who is this Mary and this Martha? There, there's open debate about that, but most commentators would say it's there are seven Marys ascribed to within the, within the scriptures, and they're not all the same. It can be confusing. <laughs> yeah, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the Lord's tomb. That can sound confusing to us. We have to keep our Mary straight. I, I find myself, I, I, I love this gospel, and, and, and when we were starting to prepare for this, I was, I was reading this gospel, and and I had to think to myself, like, where am I? I think that's the common question, which which one, which one am I? Am I, am I Martha? Am I Mary? And I think, at least for myself, I go back and forth. Um, and which is actually a good sign. You have to go back and forth. Right. If, as we live in this world, you can't be completely a Martha or completely a Mary. One, so by Martha, I mean people get things done. People were in the active apostolate, getting things achieved and having a checklist of to-do for the day and getting everything done. That's the Martha style. And the Mary style is very much more contemplative and just being with the Lord and being silent. But in every walk of life, there will be elements of Martha and Mary. And if there isn't, we're not living a Christian life very well. I'll point out to you my friends from the monastery in in Norcia in Italy. So I, I uh, it's one of my favorite go-to places in this world for spiritual renewal. And at the monastery, they are very silent. They're strict. They um, live the gospel in strict obedience to the Benedictine way. And yet they're busy all the time. They get things done. So one of my best friends there is a vocation I know well is the tailor within the monastery. So if you trash your habit in one way or another by hitting something or tearing it, you'd go and see the tailor in order to get it professionally mended and, mm. and put together correctly. And they do the whole conversation in silence. He says that sometimes the monk will walk into his little room and hand him the hand him the robe, and the robe has this big rip in the middle of it. And in silence, he'll look at him and give this this response of "How did you do this?" And there's a look of penance that the that the other monk would offer. And all this is done in silence. But that's the Martha and Mary um, construct that comes together. So we have to be both active. Mm and contemplative if we're going to do things well. And that's how we sanctify the world. Mm. All of our work, Tyler, should be sanctified by the Lord. And so we should have a listening to the Lord, like Mary. What does the Lord want in this in this work? And then like Martha, get it done. Have some assertion right. as we pull it together. It's funny you, you say that and, and you talk about the Benedictines and everything. And um, I I have some of these these socks. They're called sock religious socks. And one of the pairs I have is a St. Benedict sock or a Lepora. And I actually am wearing those socks today, so it worked out perfect. Um, but yeah, we have. We have so to tell them what aura and labora means. Aura and labora. So it, it it is both work and prayer. They they have to go together. Um, they're, they're 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 the two wings of, of a bird. Like they, they work together. Um, it's uh, it's also it's. Um, I I used to run a program 
when I was working in the art at, at the archdiocese and even at a previous parish called Prayer and Action, and we actually hosted it here at St. Jude this summer about a month ago uh, for middle and high school youth to come and, and during the days go out and serve uh, those in the community that, that that need help, and in the evening it was more of a retreat and, and spending time in prayer and having adoration and going to mass every day, because it, it is that realization is everything that happens in the world. We get caught up in it, and we can spend all that time doing this work and this, but but we have to retreat back in to enter into that prayer and, and start each day with, with with that program at least. We would start each day with mass. Like we can't go out and do the service mm-hmm. until we have first come to be served by our Lord, even and, and to receive Him. It does begin there. It starts with the Mary movement, and the uh, by that I mean we begin all of our work by turning to God and trying to listen to God. That's why it's overwhelmingly common that people do daily mass in the morning. The first thing that people do in the day is to go to mass. Mm. And so our mass here at St. Jude Parish is at eight o'clock in the morning. And that's so the day can be sanctified. But then after mass, we're supposed to go to work. And there's stuff we do, whether it's getting paid to go to work or a stay-at-home mother, or if we're a professor at the university, we take what we have received from the Lord in his word and in his Eucharist. And with that power and strength, we're able to achieve his will throughout the entire day. Absolutely. I'll point out, too, that um, as a diocesan priest, uh, this scripture hits home because I'm called to be active as a diocesan priest. Um, The church has always seen, though, the life of the monk, which is much more of a Mary type of life, uh, the isolated life within the walls of the monastery. The church has always seen that as the superior way of life Mm -hmm. than the diocesan life. In fact, if I um, felt called to enter into a monastery, the bishop could not stop me from entering the monastery. Canon law allows a diocesan priest to go into the monastery, and it's because the church sees this as advancing Mm -hmm. into the monastic way of life. But on the other hand, if a monk wanted to leave the monastery and enter into Dawson life, he couldn't do it without all the right permissions. Right. See, it's, it's not a right that he has. You can always go up. You can you never go, go down. down. Right. <laughs> so um, the church, if you're wondering, should I work on being more of a Martha or work on being more of a Mary? That I would encourage you to be more of a Mary listeners. Hmm. Try to listen to the Lord well, and then it'll give you even more courage to be able to do what we have to do to become a Martha. Absolutely. I know I know I need that more in my own life as we as as, as a father and a husband it's yeah I, I have to find more time it's there's so many things happening around so I, I know I, I need to hear that more and more so wonderful. here's the last point I would make as well and I'm referencing Matthew Kelly's book it's called off balance and in the book off balance Matthew Kelly says we have this misnomer in our lives that we need work-life balance where you work so much and then you have pleasure so much and the two are supposed to be equal and Matthew Kelly's theory is that we're actually one person and our work and our personal life, our prayer life, it all works into one person. It all comes together in order to make us the one human person that God has called us to be, whether that's at work or living as or vocation as a father and as a husband like Tyler or as a pastor. It all comes together to live one life and then there are all these joys that come into it. I'll offer this anecdote as, a, as we come to the end of our time today. Uh, that is that I've been moving into the rectory and I cleaned out the shelves in the kitchen and discovered that we have three blenders in St. <laughs> Jude's Parish Rectory. And why we need three blenders is a mystery to me. As I told them at Daily Mass today, I've seen rectories where they have one blender and it never gets used. Why we need three of them here is a mystery to me. Some people after Mass told me, oh, Father, it's just obvious. You use one for the frozen daiquiris, mm-hmm. you use one for the margaritas, and one for the 
just for <laughs> strawberry daiquiris. That's why you need three three uh, blenders. Now, that's a joke, of course. We don't need three blenders at St. Jude Parish Rectory. But it's a part of the work that we do. And so as we go about doing God's holy will, there's a sense of joy that comes forward as we do God's holy will within our lives. Wonderful. Thanks, thanks for, for talking with us today, Father. Um, and thank you all for, for joining us as we begin this, this new endeavor. Hopefully it's beneficial to you as it is beneficial to us. Um, hopefully you be, make it a part of your, your week, whether you do it Saturdays, whether you do it someday as you're commuting to work. Um, hope you'll join us and listen to us as we all strive to live out the gospel. Uh, and, and encourage your, your friends in the parish, or even if there's other people that might be friends of yours outside of the parish that might be beneficial, encourage them to give us a listen as well. Uh, we're, we're just working on this uh, right now, and, and we'll get it uploaded to as many of the podcasting apps as possible over the, the next week. So please be patient as, as we get that all figured out. We'll also have it on our uh, in our parish flock notes. You'll be able to see a link to it and on our parish website as well. Um, and if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at the parish. Um, Father, would you give us your blessing as we finish? I'd be happy to. I think I should mention, too, what my email address is if people want yeah. to give some some feedback in that forum. So I'm pastor at stjudelakewood.org, P-S-T-O-R at um, stjudelakewood.org. And so um, I'd love to hear from you. And I, I do assure you, I'm praying for you. Many of you have shared your intentions with me, and I, I do continue to pray for you, especially when I pray the breviary every day. Taylor, Tyler, the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God.